0: Welcome to the Grace for This City podcast. We're helping you turn your cities upside down. Hey, I'm your host, Justin Goff. Stay tuned. We got a great show for you today. All right. Good morning, everybody. Thank you for tuning in to the podcast today. I'm your host, Justin. Hey, we're helping you turn cities upside down. How are we doing that? Well, we are giving you scriptural motivations and strategies straight from the Word to help you get out there and get some stuff done for King Jesus. Hallelujah. We're honored that you're tuning in today, and uh, thank you for um, staying connected. I don't know which avenue or platform you are tuning in on, but you know, like, subscribe, share, I don't know, what's it called? What what are all the terms? I I don't know. Anyways, do whatever you got to do if you're interested. Stay up with us and to be notified of whenever the uh, next content comes out. We at least go, uh, you know, produce something every week. Usually we record live. This is one take, friends. This is live right now. (laughs) Whatever mistakes I make are captured for the world to see. But um, so we at least do, do this once a week on Thursdays. Uh, occasionally we will pre-record, but most of the time we come at you live. So, uh, whatever you got to do to stay up, if we are a blessing to you, uh, then I ask in return that you would just simply pray for us, join us in prayer, release your faith with us that this podcast would get to the right people at the right time. And uh, as far as I'm aware from some of the material, the data that I've looked at, we've already been around the world, friends. Hallelujah. A hundred and fifty five nations. I think it is. What is there? A hundred and ninety seven, I think. So something like that. We have at least another 40 something nations that uh, maybe there's a mission there, a mandate. Somebody somewhere may need some of this content. So we're just asking you to pray. Hallelujah. Hey, if you prefer your content on CD, we got you covered, friends. We are producing uh, the podcast on CD. And if you would like that yourself, or you know, somebody that would be blessed to have the content in that format. It would be our honor to mail it to them at no charge. I've got one right here in my hands. This one was episode 142. forty-two, one forty-two. This was Beware the Creeping. That's a good episode right, right there. We were talking about the drift, the creep, false this and that. Checking our own selves. Make sure we're not creeping or drifting off course, being lured or seduced into territory, uh, that we don't need to be getting over into uh, kind of the overarching theme was the prophetic industry right now and some of the problems that you need to be aware of within it. All right, well, let's jump into uh, our content today. And uh, you know, I just I was praying about what should we talk about, and uh, there's lots of things to talk about, friends. But I wanted to jump in and at least touch on this thought today about the. Rhythm of unity, in in particularly, maybe keeping out discord and strife. So the rhythm of unity, the rhythm of unity. What is the rhythm of unity? Well, you know, harmony. What is harmony? And in contrast to discord, what is harmony? Well, it's a harmonious or a synchronous. Uh, you know, if you want to take it in like the musical sense, you know, when you play one note, two note, three notes, etc. Maybe you have a three note chord. That is a har- harmony where these individual notes work together or they synchronize together in a unified or a harmonious tone or outworking. Okay, if you're thinking about music, what is a discord? Well if if you know if you have a three note chord and you take one of those notes and you just grab some random note that doesn't fit within that chord pattern, well that's a discord. There's something in there that's like, oh wait a second, you know, that doesn't sound right. There's something about that sound that is grating, it's annoying, it's, it's, it's a discord. There's some strife in that. And uh, so let's talk about this a little bit today. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to Proverbs chapter 6. Now strife, uh, we'll get to it in a second, we'll see it in James 3, but strife is devilish, friends oh my goodness we've got to keep it out we need to have a no strife policy we don't ha- we don't need to play around with discord like you may have like for example let me bring this up again so if you have a three note chord you may think well I got two out of the three right yeah and you know discord strife is a stronger concept but but it, but if you continue to play around with discord even you get like one note off friends it it'll be a problem to you uh it'll it that will grow. <laughs> And if you get used to being out of tune, that's a problem in the long run, friends. You know, if if, again, we're going to use this musical analogy here, you're playing with somebody, you're playing the guitar, the bass, the piano, or whatever. Maybe one of your notes or strings is out of tune. You strum that chord and everyone's like, what is going on? Well, you know, hey, on a guitar, I got five out of the six in tune. Well, yeah, it's that one string that needs to have some attention or that one note you know, everyone else is playing the right chord. You got the piano, the bass, the other instruments, whatever wind instruments or whatever. Yeah, they're all playing the right chord. It's that one off note that everyone goes, wait a second, what is that? Maybe it's a little flat. Maybe it's a little uh, pitched. It's like, what? And, and, and it just stands out. You don't want to get used to that. You don't want to train your ear to something out of tune. And some people, their whole lives, really, they've just gotten used to the instrument of their life, say, being out of tune. And it's, it's really off-putting. Um, and so we don't want to play around with discord or strife. Proverbs, uh, uh, Proverbs 6, verse 16 and 19, it says this, Six things the Lord hates, yes, seven, are an abomination to him. Verse 19, a false witness who speaks lies. Oh, the Lord cannot stand that. Who would stand that? Uh, who 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 entertains those kinds of people? I don't know, but but the Lord hates it. And then He says this: and the one who sows discord among brethren. Wow! 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 Listen, we should hate the things the Lord hates, and He likes a finely tuned machine. Hallelujah! He likes finely tuned instruments. He likes our lives to be finely tuned to Him. You know what is that standard? Uh, um. You know, pitch that we would tune our lives to. Well, it's him, it's Jesus. He's the standard by which we would measure everything we're doing or not doing against, not other people. Uh, You know, you could tune a guitar to another out of tune guitar, and in some senses, they work together like that. But if we were to tune against perfect pitch like Jesus, then no, 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 no. Something is, you know, we, we have to evaluate if we need to make some adjustments in our life. Now, let's go to James chapter 3. I want to show you this here in, uh, in James about the concept of the word strife. James 3, verse 13. It says this, Who is wise and understanding among you? Let him show it, this wisdom, he's saying. Let him show by good conduct that his works are done in the meekness of wisdom. Now, James, in this chapter here, he will reveal two places from which we can derive wisdom. There is an earthly wisdom, he says. Then there is the wisdom from above, the heavenly one. But here he comes out and he says, this wisdom will be visible. It will be demonstrated. It is observable, okay, where somebody is deriving their counsel from. Um, and it can be, I'm kind of getting ahead of myself here, but heavenly wisdom is harmonious. It is tuned a particular way. Earthly wisdom is off, okay? I mean, it is not tuned to the perfect pitch of Jesus. It is off, and it has a sound. It is observable. It is demonstrated, and you can tell the difference. But he's saying here, if someone claims to be wise, then it'll be proven out in his conduct, like in the long run, may not be able to pick up on it immediately. But again, going back to a, uh, a New Testament principle is fruit is proof. You'll know people by their fruit. Again, over one Sunday, over one Monday, over one week, you may not be able to tell the trajectory of a person, but over time, you'll begin to pick up of where they were coming from and even unless they have a major course correction, where their trajectory is going to lead them. And he's saying here this wisdom, so they're getting it from somewhere. All of our decisions are informed by something from somewhere. And he's saying you're you're going to know if they claim to be wise, you'll be able to track it, you'll observe it. And then in verse 14, but he says this, but if you have bitter envy and self-seeking in your hearts, <laughs> He said, do not boast or lie against the truth. I'm telling you, self-seeking is so uh, counter (laughs) to true heavenly wisdom. I mean, we are told, in fact, I'm trying to think, it was in this kind of this, uh, this was when did we do this? Oh, I didn't put the date on there. This Beware the Creeping, this episode we did here, right around this one. So like maybe 140, 141, or even 143, 144, somewhere in there in those episodes, I did a a podcast, uh, and we titled it Arrest Selfish Ambition. Listen, friends, our selfish ambition is not only damaging to our own personal, like the work of the Lord in our own personal lives, but when you begin to get so dogmatic about your ambitions, you begin to kind of be like a bull in a china closet. There are fragile relationships around you. There are fragile arrangements and things around you that that you take for granted if you are so focused on your own thing like you become the the possibility of, of becoming ungrateful unthankful now once you get into ungratefulness and unthankfulness you are like a tornado like you'd start damaging all kinds of stuff because you take for granted that you didn't get there by yourself you don't have what you have because you're so amazing Other people, other prayers, God's work in your life through this relationship, that relationship, this counsel, that counsel, you know, et cetera, et cetera, uh, worked together to get you where you are at. None of us got here by ourselves. Somebody somewhere was working with the Lord to help us get right in the middle of his perfect will for us. And I'm telling you, envy. Self seeking is so dangerous. Unfortunately, sometimes people, when they get into like that, oh, I'm trying to think of how to phrase this, uh, where they're just intoxicated on their own ambition. They, it's like this glaze, you know, like they don't see anything. Like they are on a rampage and they don't even realize it. And the damage that is done because of their, you know, imbalance and their. Uh, lack of gratitude and thankfulness to all the elements that got them where they're at. They can get like focused in on this and it just becomes dangerous. Well, here's what James is saying. I mean, it's a prime setup here. It's a prime setup. Self-seeking is a prime setup for strife and discord. You're so focused on you. You don't, you don't realize you're playing out of tune with everybody else. (laughs) Jesus help us somebody. Oh, I I need like a little music thing. (laughs) Help us. Um, Anyways, verse 14, (laughs) if you have bitter envy and self-seeking in your heart, do not boast and lie against the truth. Well, because it's going to come out. Like, you probably won't see it, but trust me, everyone else will. (laughs) Oh, Jesus. Because it's going to start boasting and lying against the truth, friends. Verse 15, this wisdom. Okay, so he's making a contrast here. Well, what wisdom? The wisdom that supports self-seeking. He's saying that does not descend from above, oh, but is earthly. It is sensual. Sense, sense. It's sensible. Meaning this kind of wisdom is easily picked up on by the natural senses, by the flesh. It's earthly. It is sensual. Sensual, uh, when people hear that, they kind of immediately assume we're talking sexual. It, it can include that. But but that's not what he's saying. He it's it's sense, sensual. The flesh just ugh, just just loves that kind of stuff because it's easy for the flesh to receive it, to interact with it. And in fact, it, it is so earthly, it is enmity with spiritual things because it's it's just derived from a fallen reality of the natural realm. And he says, this kind of wisdom, bitter envy. Self-seeking is wisdom that does not descend from above, but it's earthly, it's sensual. Watch this, friends, verse 15. Come on, it's what? It's demonic. Now, good born again, people can fall over into this. How would you get over where now your ear is tuned to demonic wisdom? Well, because you're self-seeking. Again, you fall out of an attitude of gratitude. You, you, you come out of that place of giving thanks for everything? Hello, where's that at in the Bible? Okay, we're told, give thanks. He's talking about, I wish that men would pray always with uplifted hands and having gratitude in their hearts, thankfulness in their hearts. Listen, friends, that is your protection from being a self-centered, rude dog, jerk face Totally ignorant of the damage you're doing, gratitude and thankfulness keeps you in a place of humility, a posture that will protect you from demonic wisdom from getting to you. Oh, it's so necessary, friends, that you and I would pause and be like, thank you, God. And you know, and just look around the room. Just look around your room and say, thank you for my couch. Hallelujah. I could have no couch, but I have that couch. You know, you can have a vision for more, but be thankful for where you're at, for the relationships you have, for the people that are in your life. Come on, give God thanks for the pastors, the leaders, for your employer. I mean, you start looking for anything to criticize, friends, guess what? You are being seduced into bitter envy, self-seeking, and a wisdom that's about to just flood in your life that's going to get you messed up. This is what I'm training my kids. I, I, I got four, four kids under the age of 10. We're training them to be thankful. In fact, uh, not all the time, but many many, many times at night as part of our prayer, prayer time, we'll say, hey, I want you to give thanks right now. Just 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 think about things that you're so thankful for. Hallelujah. you know. And let's just give the praise to the Lord. Hallelujah. You blessed us with it. We're so thankful for it. We're so grateful for it. We could have nothing. We could have something less than even. Oh, but, Father, he helped us. He led us. He he strengthened us. You know, we say, no, my great faith got me this stuff. No, it didn't. He sent the word to you. Hallelujah. He got his word to you. Holy Spirit helped you. Holy Spirit, you know, blew on that word. Holy Spirit drew your attention to it, right? Uh, Other people came around and encouraged you. You know, we want to take all the credit for ourselves. No, man. I mean, how many? I mean, you know, praise God, we finally got the thing by faith. But, I mean, how many years was he trying to get it to us? We were completely oblivious. Listen, we didn't get here by ourselves, friends, what I'm trying to say. We didn't get here by ourselves. Somebody helped us. Come on, lots of people helped us. Many people helped us. People are still helping us today. <laughs> you know, when I think about relationships in my life, you know, I mean, we've got a tremendous team here at the church. They're helping me. They're helping me. There's no way in the world uh, I could take any credit for any of this. All the different people that spoke into my life, people that called me on the phone, sent me an email, just encouraging me, strengthening me, corrected me, rebuking me. Hallelujah. We didn't get here by ourselves. Oh, thank you, Lord. You see that bitter envy? Bitter. Whoa, man, bitter. What? What you bitter? Yeah, you, You're mad at somebody. Uh, somebody did you wrong. Okay, whatever. Join the club, friends. Guess what? Somebody else is going to do something stupid to you. Hallelujah. What are you going to do? Let it become a root of bitterness? You know, if if you track that thought right there, you'll find out Esau, right? Root of bitterness sprang up. Miss the blessing, friend. You're going to miss the blessing. You let bitterness take over, you're going to miss the blessing. Hallelujah. Don't do that. Turn to your neighbor right now. And say, "Don't don't do that. Better not do that." All right. Verse 15. That kind of wisdom, friends. The wisdom that um says it's okay to be unthankful somebody's blowing up my phone hold on just a second i gotta start doing this before we start recording um the wisdom that that comes in and says it's okay to um be unthankful be ungrateful the wisdom that comes in that says it's okay to start entertaining entertaining criticism you know or you know some some you know uh uh, you know, attitude that you know somebody's not doing something as good as you could. Or whatever. Where does that wisdom come from? Verse fifteen. Notice this. He says, "Where there is envy and self-seeking." The King James version and other Bibles, instead of saying self-seeking, it actually uses the word strife. These concepts are interchangeable. They're uh, synonymous. They're a family of concept here. Self. Seeking, wherever there's envy and self-seeking, strife, confusion, and every evil thing are there. Wow, this is a recipe for total, you know, at least temporary. You can recover, but I'm saying this is a recipe for total destruction in your life. It'll, It'll mess with your marriage, mess with your finances, it'll mess with your relationship, it'll mess with your place, your calling, your grace. Hallelujah. You don't want to get into this kind of stuff. Notice what he says, though, envy and self-seeking. Where that is, strife exists. And where strife is, guess what? Confusion. Confusion is there. What else? Every evil work. Now, I heard somebody say this one time about this passage of Scripture. That strife, if we could say it like this, okay, and you might be able to say it better, but strife is like a portal, It's like a demonic portal. When you engage in strife, it's literally like you just open the door to the demonic realm and invite demons in. You invite a party of demons (laughs) to come in and just start wreaking havoc in the situation, and it's dangerous. So here, strife, discord is the result of applying a sensual, earthly, carnal, Selfish and demonic wisdom to the situation at hand. Strife then becomes the door, again, that the devil needs to manifest himself in your situation. You don't want to do it. You just don't want to do it. Strife, according to Strong's, uh, they define it like this it's the desire to put oneself forward. This is why some Bibles translate it as self seeking. When you push to put yourself forward, you are entertaining strife because it is counter, it, 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 is, it is antichrist because Jesus revealed, remember this, he took upon the lowliness, the humility of a servant, and he said the greatest in the kingdom would be those who serve, and he modeled this. He took a towel, for example, in this one instance, he took a towel. He got down on his knees. Come on, what to do? He washed the feet of his disciples. Strife or self-seeking is antichrist because it opposes, directly opposes, the revelation of Christ or the anointing that comes on the body of Christ to do these types of uh, or or to function or to display or make Christ known and self-seeking is counter this. It is directly opposing this. And so when you try and put yourself forward, you are totally going against the way of the kingdom. The kingdom says to prefer uh, another over yourself rather than trying uh, to put yourself forward. You know, remember when you were kids and uh, maybe at school and they said, get in line, and what, what were you trying to do? Cut in line? Why, why were you trying to cut in line? Because you wanted to put yourself ahead, right? You weren't thinking of anybody else. You weren't thinking, I want someone else to go first. You were thinking about yourself. And so when you run into the line, you throw your elbows, you shove your foot up in some, you know, you're tripping people. Why? So you could get a place. That's strife. The Bible says the only reason why you did that is because you allowed yourself to be entertained by earthly, demonic, uh, uh, sensual wisdom. Strife is defined as self-seeking. It's defined as, uh, or it is the result of someone putting their interest above another at any cost. Now, strife kind of gets out here where, you know, um, it's more than just an annoyance. When you get into strife, you you get so much demonic activity. Um, strife is maybe not the first step into a, a situation. Strife is when you have just nosedived this thing and literally you've just invited uh, just such demonic uh, interference because you persisted in putting yourself first. You persisted in cutting in line, say. Um, strife is a fractious. Or a splintering spirit. So, you know, whenever there's like this fraction, uh, you know, whenever there's this crack, you know, whenever there's a splintering, a splitting, then you you know strife has got in there. Um, We're to uphold the bond of love, that thing which keeps us united, cemented together. Strife wants to come in and just blow that wide open. And... uh, You'll know when you get into strife. I mean, it is like you're like, what is going on? What is going on? Well, because demons have got involved. Dark darkness has got in that situation. Strife is defined this as an uncontrollable uh, attitude or spirit. Uncontrollable, uncontrollable. Uh, it's defined this. This is kind of soft, but it's one who is headstrong. You you have to watch it. it it's one thing to be strong-willed. Oh man, we champion people who um, are confident and they're sure, etc. But that has to be tempered. Um, Jesus said, "I only do what I see my Father do. I only say what I hear Him say. Not my will, but Your will be done." So I, you know, on one hand, we celebrate people who are quote quote you know strong-willed or head strong. The problem with being too headstrong is you may violate. The leading of the spirit within, you get too heady in a situation. You get too overly confident that you think you have the situation figured out. You may be completely violating that still small voice, that uh, that that gentle unction of the spirit within. You know, and then people are like, "I'm strong willed," you know, or they're just strong willed. Well, that strong will has to break, uh, or excuse me, ha- not break necessarily. You know, we don't want broken. Spirits, although the Lord said a broken and contrite spirit is what he lists up, but but what I mean more intentionally here in this context is a strong will has to be yielded to somebody, and it has to be yielded to the Lord Jesus Christ. He said, learn of me, for I am meek and lowly. I am humble in spirit. You know, he wasn't broadcasting how strong I know what to do, and I'm going to win. No, 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 no. He said, uh, uh, learn of me. I'm your model. I'm your pattern. I'm your teacher. I'm your rabbi in this. I'm your sensei. Okay. In this context here, I yield my will. Okay. You want to be strong-willed? Well, then be strong like this. Yield yourself to your God-defined relationships, appointments, responsibilities, etc. Don't get in here and be so heady, right, so bitter, so envious, so self-willed, self-seeking, that you start damaging, destroying, you know, like a bull in the china closet here, all the fragile, delicate, come on, intricate, uh, interconnected relationships that God has used not only to further them, but to further you. Listen, we're in this together, friends. What else is strife? Contentious uh, people that are, uh, you know, engage in discord. They're argumentative. Now, it's one thing to have uh, conversations, even on points we don't agree. Some some people misinterpret disagreement uh, as, you know, strife. You can get in the strife easily, though. Like if you can't take disagreements in stride. Say with 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 ideas or concepts or doctrines. Say you know secondary, you know third, fourth. You know we're not talking about that. We would entertain anybody that denies the Lord Jesus Christ. But I'm saying, like, if you take that context there or that uh, thought, we have different views on doctrines, okay, or positions. I have some very strong views, uh, you know, as it concerns certain biblical things. But to disagree with somebody doesn't mean that uh, I'm being contentious or controversial, even or argue, or argumentative. Now there's you can quickly get over into that, especially when you begin to remove love. Uh, when you uh, try to, you know, again, instead of thinking how can I serve this person in this conversation, you start figuring out how you could throw elbows and trip them up and and you know, shame them or whatever, you know, that's got out of bounds there. That's not heavenly wisdom anymore. Nowhere in the Bible does it say to just go along to get along, even though you disagree. There's agreeable disagreements. We can agree to disagree. There is a way to have camaraderie within an environment where we have different points of view. That's not strife. That's not being argumentative. But you all know those people that come come in here and they think they're right about absolutely everything. There's there's a humility that we present even when we would stand opposing on certain beliefs or ideas. There's still a humility that we lead with into the situation. There's still a hey, I'm willing to grab my towel and you know, and love on you and serve you even though I may not disagree, or, or even though I may not agree on every point this is totally different, again, with being contentious, um, being controversial for controversy sake. Oh, man. Now, I have been, okay, I have been controversial. Some things I have said and done, even though I didn't realize, like, there wasn't my intention, and here's why. I, it's never my intention to be controversial for controversy sake. That helps nobody, but there is the reality of being controversial and you didn't even know you were realizing it. But I'm saying when you get into a situation like that, you don't want to be that person that is sowing discord. Like you are intentionally playing the wrong note because you want to upset everybody. That is totally different friends. That's devilish. Um, It's devilish is what that is. Um, Argumentative. You know those people, they just argue about anything and everything. It's because they think they're right on absolutely everything. They, they do not demonstrate. You haven't seen a track record of humility in their life. And I want to pause there for a, a second. Listen, track record means a lot. Uh, you know, there's been situations that I've been in that people have jumped to conclusions with me. And, I'm, and, and, and one of my response was, have you looked at my track record? Like, I may have made a mistake here but you're like judging this one mistake to try and get this conclusion okay of the totality of my motive or intention here and the reason why you're off is because you did not take into consideration my trajectory okay my track record uh, you know you have to take into context here uh what i've done what i've said what i've demonstrated what i have exhibited what has been observable you have to weigh that into this situation i may have made a boo-boo here But how would you know that it was accidental and not intentional? You would weigh it against my track record. All right. right. You understand? And when we're dealing with people, we have to take that into consideration. We want jumping to conclusions. Now, I've talked a lot over the last several months of, you know, apparently has been quite controversial. But in keeping with the procedure and the protocol here, We're not automatically jumping to conclusions because somebody said something or did something wrong. We would have to weigh in more to it. And uh, this has to play into uh, the whole context of the conversation. If we're looking for correction, say, then part of the mercy extended to somebody in the need of or in the justification of a correction of sorts, we would also weigh into... uh, you know, looking at the motive, their track record, their trajectory. And again, when we would bring up a point of caution, um, you know, I've talked a lot about the prophetic industry, say, in recent time. When we bring up a point of caution, we want to also recognize where, you know, where, what's the, what, what was the point of origin and then where's the trajectory. If if the point of origin was pure. They may be off a degree or two in their trajectory, so we're cautioning about where they may land this, this, this thing, but we weigh into the conversation of the origination. And so if the heart was pure, then we might risk offering suggestions or correction to just get it back on track to where their conclusion is going to land in the right place. You understand what I'm trying to say? All this is weighed into. We're not talking about somebody who's just picking something out of thin air and being critical for critical sake. Oh, I tell you, I, I struggle with people like that. You struggle with people like that. They just want to get in and stir up discord and strife because they like discord and strife. That does nothing for nobody. That's demonic. That helps nobody. It just brings more confusion. It's like they're an agent of strife. No, we don't. You know, get out of here. <laughs> get out of here. Get. Scott. <laughs> Go. That That's like, that's that's where we take that shaft. The uh the staff, the shepherd's staff here and start knocking heads because we want to have legitimate conversation around the integrity of the word or a thought or a concept to help people, you know, uh, land in the right place. What else is strife? Well, the root idea, okay, if you take the root word, some of the root concept here of strife, the root idea or the root concept, is fighting for an office or a position that doesn't belong to you, and then using unfair, deceitful, or underhanded means to get it. So this is why I'm saying it goes right in line with the analogy we used of somebody cutting in line, you know, when I was in school in my younger uh, days, or or, waiting in line at a restaurant, waiting in line to get into a a meeting or something. I mean, it's the same thing. We're still struggling with these same things. We're wanting to put ourselves in a position somewhere. We're fighting for an office or a position that doesn't belong to us. Somebody else is there. Strife would come in and try and subvert, uh, either through manipulation or some other means, unfair or deceitful means, to try and get me ahead or in a position that doesn't belong to me. So that's the root concept of strife: trying to get the upper hand, trying to get your foot in there, trying to position yourself. You know, trying to get the one up. Do you see how it goes back to self-seeking? For some reason, you're ungrateful that the person is ahead of you. You're ungrateful that that person, two or three people up in line. Like, uh, not you're you've you've gone beyond just being unthankful for where you're at. You're in line, but you know you're not three ahead you're unthankful, you're ungrateful for your place, then you start trying to figure out bitter envy. You start trying to figure out how can I rob that person of what they have and insert myself into that situation. That's that's what strife is. That's discord, and the Lord hates it. Hallelujah. You don't like what so-and-so's doing. You don't like how they do what they do. You think you could do better. You think you deserve that place. They don't. Listen, friends, you are entertaining dangerous imaginations. Hallelujah. Wherever you're at, wherever your place in line is, no matter how the Lord has positioned you, the Bible says he exalts. Uh, he, he, in this sense, God is extremely involved. He's working with your heart and attitudes. He's working with Galatians 6, whatever a man sows. okay, He's working with the, the um, seed of your heart, seed of your mouth seat of your imaginations, okay? He's looking at the attitude of your heart and he's weighing all these things. But he says, if you'll humble yourself under the mighty hand, he said, I'll exalt you. Uh, Maybe the Lord does want you three or four people up. But what are you gonna do in your situation now? You're gonna be thankful. You're gonna be humble. I mean, you may know, okay, that maybe you should be up there, but you're not. So what are you gonna do? Father, I'm just so grateful to be here. I'm so thankful to be here. Father, I, I bless so-and-so, I'm next, ha, hallelujah. If anybody has anything that you don't, that you, that you do don't, don't try and con, uh, contrive or conceive a way to get it from them. Just thank God that he's got more than enough that he could get you one too, right? You don't want to start devising a scheme to insert or inject yourself into a situation. That's strife, that's demonic. You would just say, oh, Father, hallelujah, oh, man. Bless them, Lord. They, they, they got that thing, that item, that object, that place, that position, that role, that recognition, that thanks, that fame, that awareness. They have that type of relationship. They have that kind of healing. Uh, they have that provision. Whatever. You look at that person, and instead of trying to devise a way to inject yourself so that you are the object, you just sit back and go, man, God bless them. Oh, thank you, Father. Oh, and I pray that they get more. Hallelujah. I pray that they keep working with you. I pray they keep going home, uh, going low. Lord, we bless them. May that object, that thing, that opportunity, may it last. May it be a blessing. May it increase. Give them more. Double them, Father. Hallelujah. And then you say, thank you, Father, for my place. Thank you, Father, for where I'm at. Thank you for what you've given me. Because, you know, chances are you're two or three, uh, you know, ahead of someone else. You know, and how are they supposed to feel? We're not boasting. We're thankful. We're not exalting ourselves. We're not parading ourselves. We're not thinking more highly of ourselves. We're going, thank you, God. Hallelujah, i bless you. Oh, I'm so thankful, you know, that I'm even here. Oh, thank you, Father. That, you know, bless this person behind me. Hallelujah. Oh, bless them, Lord. How can I serve them? What about this person in front of me? How can I serve them? How can I champion them? How can I promote them? How can I help them? How can I help this person get two or three ahead? How can I help this person behind me get two or three ahead of me? Father, is there any way that I can lift them up? Can I, can they piggyback on me? Hallelujah. How can I serve those around me? How can I work harmoniously where I'm at? You know, I'm right in the middle of a three note chord. Father, how can I make sure that I don't play the wrong note? How do I make sure that I don't toot my own horn? How do I make sure that I'm not off-putting a detuned, okay, a a uh, you know a pitched uh sound how how can i humble myself where i'm playing harmoniously like i'm the right note in the right moment among all the other notes that are being played who's the orchestrator who's the leader of the orchestra i forget what's that called uh what's what's that guy uh you know the guy with the stick you know if you think about an orchestra the conductor who's the conductor Who's leading this thing? Who's driving this thing? Who's piloting this plane? (laughs) Who's the head of the church? I'm just placed in it somewhere. The Bible says he put me in the church as he saw fit. He put me serving somebody as he saw fit. It's not because I was awesome. It's because he put me there. It's not because they're less. It's because he put me here. Hallelujah. And I have a one note. I have one note to play, maybe two notes. Okay, whatever my, my notes are. How can I make sure I'm in tune? I don't want to put off this discord. I don't want to put off this unthankfulness. I don't want to put off this criticism. Why? Because I'm going to get singled out. I'm going to get singled out. I'm going to look like the guy that didn't keep his instrument in tune. I'm going to look like the guy trying to make my note stand out above the whole orchestra here if I don't keep myself humble. How can I bless these folks? How can I encourage these people around me? How can I serve them? How can how can how, how how can I champion their sound? Hallelujah somebody. Oh, thank you, Father, for it. Look at this. James 3 in the amplified. Who is there among you who is wise and intelligent? Keep your instrument in tune. That's wisdom, friends. Hallelujah. Keep it in keep it in the keep it in the symphony. Oh, the conductor. Yeah, he's playing a different chord, but you're still over here you know, in, in La La Land, trying to write your own song, trying to toot your own horn, trying to, you know, do 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 play your own thing. He put you in the middle of an already existing chord progression here. You understand that? You showed up somewhere. where You know, wherever you're working, okay, wherever you're going to church, wherever you're involved, whatever these God-defined relationships, that orchestra was not, or you know— Work with me here. Is like you are not the uh, you're not the star soloist probably. You know what I mean. The whole orchestra is not phrased or tuned around you. You were put in the middle of a chord progression. Hallelujah, and so we play our note. We tune, we tune, we tune, we tune to a what to the standard tuning, not to our own tune. You know, I think my mom. Probably if she's watching, I think she told me, you know, don't go. You're just playing your own tune. You're just playing your own song. Yeah, I get it. I mean, the Lord's doing something individually. Okay, I get that. But it's not the song of Justin. It would be the song of Jesus Christ. (laughs) Hallelujah. And you know what? He put me in his own body and he gave me an instrument, say. Okay, I'm really playing this analogy here. He gave me an instrument, put me in the body, put me right. He seated me amongst a whole bunch of other instruments. And he says, now I want you to play in tune. I want you to play, uh, I I want you to be harmonious here. I don't want you getting in strife, being argumentative, being critical, tooting your own horn, playing out of time, playing out of tune, doing your solo thing. (laughs) That makes me think, you know, uh, my family, we were raised up, you know, in a, a house of musicians, and, you know, I got involved at the church from the time I was 14 uh, in, you know, the worship team and things, and uh, so, man, I I totally get it, and over the years, you know, over the years, you know, we've had different people, you you know, be a part of the worship team and other, you know, musical things that we were doing, and, you know, every now and then, Okay, every now and then you got that person, right? That's just doinking and snoodling. You know what I mean? If you're a musician, you know what I'm saying. You know, if you're playing the drums, the congos, the percussion instruments, they're just doink, 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 da 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 da. You know, hitting, 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 playing, playing, playing over playing, over playing, over playing, Solo, solo, solo. Drum roll, drum roll, drum roll, drum roll. You know what I mean? More cowbell, more cowbell. You know, and and then the snoodlers, right? You got the piano, maybe, or the or the guitar players. I'm telling you, you, you electric guitar players. You know, it's like we're in the you know you're in this part of a song that doesn't need a solo there. But you know what's so and so doing? You know, I mean, they're they're soloing over top of everything. Hey, listen, this wasn't your solo. In fact, there wasn't a solo in this song. Actually, this song didn't have a part where there was a solo. Okay. You know, the idea was we're going to put our attention. So we're going to, we're going to fall into place and our instrument is not going to stand out. That's strife is what I'm saying. Like you start trying to push your way into a place because you want to be seen, heard, thanked, praised, whatever. You're, 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 I'm telling you, I, I'm, I'm, I'm just I'm trying to spare you the embarrassment, okay? Because it's going to be obvious, it's going to be seen, it's going to be heard, and it's not going to sound good. You're going to off put a sound, and everybody in the orchestra is going to be like, "Whoa, what's that screech? What's that pitching? What's that off tune? What's that? What is it? Discord, discord. It's that's the wrong note." At the wrong time. And these kinds of attitudes, right? And you can apply this to whatever your situation is. I'm using the uh, music analogy here because I think it's fitting. But but if you're trying to promote you, man, just be watchful, friends. Because I really don't think you're wanting to entertain demons. I don't think you're really wanting to entertain. Like, I'm praying that you really aren't that kind of person. That like it's all about you. I mean, maybe, maybe, may, may, maybe it is. And if it has been, then you need to humble yourself right now. You need to just take your place in the sea of other instruments. But I'm telling you, your note played in tune is what is also helping to create this beautiful symphony that God's doing in the body of Christ. And this whether this is at your place of employment, this is at in your family, like in your marriage, uh, in family relationships, in your church family, wherever you're at, wherever you're at. Listen, you're playing out of tune. Everybody knows it. Everybody knows it. Everybody knows it. Um, But when you play in tune, yeah, exactly. When you play in tune, nobody's picking you out and singing your praises because that's not really how the Lord wanted it. Uh, but I'm telling you, when you play out of tune, everybody's going to know. Everybody's going to know. The conductor's going to know. Everybody's going to know, all right? And I'm I'm saying the Lord is imploring you and I to just stay in tune, work together, seek the benefit of others. Let me finish reading this, and we'll bring this to a close here. Who is there among you that's wise and intelligent? Come on, somebody say, that's me. Hallelujah. Wisdom, heavenly wisdom is working in me. Then let him, by his noble living, show this forth by good works. Watch this, with unobtrusive humility. (laughs) Oh, Jesus. I got to read that again. That's helping me. Then let him show this. You want to be intelligent? Then demonstrate your intelligence with unobtrusive humility, friend. Hallelujah. Quit your snoodling and doinking. (laughs) which is the proper attitude, he says here, of true wisdom. But if you have bitter jealousy, envy, contention, watch this, rivalry, rivalry, selfish ambition in your heart, do not pride yourself on it, and thus be defiant of and false to the truth. Verse 15, for this kind of superficial wisdom isn't such as comes down from above, but it's earthly, unspiritual. It's animal, the Amplified says. This is animal, right? Dog eat dog, push, shove, elbow. You know, I played basketball. And, uh, excuse me. And, whoa, I'm telling you, there was a few games, man, where it was animal. And, uh, I was, um, uh, we we were playing this particular team once we we were winning um, and i think it was really upsetting the the other team and dude they just started to lose um <laughs> they just started to lose themselves like you know what i mean they started to get a little uncontrolled anyways i got the ball at one time and i was coming up for a layup and i'm telling you this 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 kid reaches around my waist and does a full-on tackle of me while I am in the air. I mean, we're playing basketball. This isn't football or rugby. I mean, I am going up for the for the shot. He, I mean, full-on grabs me around around uh, around my waist and tackles me. And I am like, what in the world? It's animal, friends. I am telling you. In that same game, dude, they were throwing elbows. We had a kid get his nose bloody because somebody threw an elbow. You don't throw elbows in basketball. <laughs> what is that? Well, you know what? They started to get unhinged, right? Um, you know, it's not and listen, I'm not saying that I wasn't tempted to do some of the things. I'll just use that as an example of, you know, sometimes we get a little animalistic, right? I mean, it's like we're 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 seduced on we're 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 drunk on trying to insert ourselves in a position that we're not. And so we start looking to unfair tactics to try and resolve this, throwing bows, tripping people, you know, saying things, cutting people down, criticizing, accusing, looking for dirt. Hallelujah. We don't need to do that. He says it's animalistic. It's devilish. It's, uh, uh, let's see, what is it? Demoniacal. Is that how you say that? It's demoniacal. Verse 16 of the Amplified. For wherever there is jealousy, jealousy. Jealousy. So you're going to snoodle and doink because you're jealous? Listen, friends, that just makes you look worse. Hallelujah. See, behind the scenes, that's where you die to self. That's where you look at that person that has the thing that you would like or want. Behind the scenes, that's that's where you die to yourself. That's where you say, God, I'm not going to covet that. In fact, I'm going to bless them. They have A position of leadership, I'm gonna bless them. Maybe I want to be in leadership. That's a noble, that's a noble quest. But what's going on behind the scenes? You would bless them. Thank God that he's using them. Thank God. Honestly, different times uh when I have, you know, thought about a certain position or notoriety or popularity or influence or whatever. I'm telling you I've come back around and I've thanked God I didn't have that. Because you know you're you're looking at so and so and you want what they have. Are you prepared? Are you prepared to drink the cup that they're required to drink? Is this is Bible, right? Remember these these two guys, yeah, Jesus, oh, put us on your right and your left. We're big dogs, man. We're leaders. We know what to do. Jesus said, are you prepared to drink the cup that I have to drink? You mean you want to be up here with me? Are you prepared to drink the cup? Are you prepared to take uh, the good, the bad, and the ugly that's associated with that? Can you take the hits? Can you take the criticism? I mean, Jesus is saying, look, you just see like this one element of it, right? You see the one little element that has caught your eye, makes you twinkle, and you think, you know, you see a few of the hand claps maybe, but you don't see the firestorm behind the scenes. You don't see the war and the contending. Man, I said, thank, thank God I am not more famous than I am. Oh, hallelujah. Lord, I don't want to be anywhere that I don't need to be. I don't want to have anything that you don't want for me. Because if I try and connive through unfair manipulative tactics, and I maybe push and and claw and elbow and trip my way and shove people out of my way, I might get a few steps up. I might get two or three, four positions in line. But am I prepared for the weight and everything else that comes along with being in that position? Oh, friends, I'm telling you, people are in for a rude awakening hallelujah so i quit man I, and praise god he's 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 helping me because it can go the other way where you start dragging your feet when god does want to promote you And you're like no 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 you know you start wanting to stay behind and god said no i i i need you to move up a step here You he no god i don't i don't i don't want to i don't want to so i mean you gotta watch out for that that's the other side of it but i'm telling you i'm so thankful i am so thankful that I'm not standing in some of the shoes that some of these people are because I don't have the battle that they're fighting. I don't have the temptations that they're navigating. Oh, praise God for it. I have my own, but I'm I'm saying, you know, people have this grandiose idea of, you know, what somebody else is doing or they have or their position or their authority or their title or whatever. Well, then you better be prepared to drink all the cups that come along with that place that God has put them. Hallelujah. Are you prepared to uh, be accountable for the objective that God is there. I mean, we only see one thing, friends. You know what I mean? This is why I'm saying bitter envy, self-seeking, jealousy get you in trouble. Oh, get you in trouble. Get you in big trouble. Look at this, contention, rivalry, selfish ambition. He says, verse 16 of the Amplified, there will also be confusion, unrest, disharmony, rebellion, and all sorts of evil and vile practices verse 17 i'm gonna leave you with this but the wisdom that is from above come on somebody that's what that's what we want is first what pure it is peaceable it is come on gentle uh same word there translated in other bibles humble it's humble it's gentle it is willing to yield full of mercy and good fruit. It is without partiality and without hypocrisy. Oh, ho, ho. Thank you, Father, for helping Justin. Somebody pray for me. Hallelujah. When you think of me, pray for me. Somebody asked, oh, one of our guys, they said, so what's like the... Uh, What's like pastor's thing? What's like y'all's church's thing? Like what's your motto or whatever? And I love this answer. He said, we go low. Oh, thank you, Jesus. And you know, that's probably the hardest thing I've ever done. So pray for me. We go low. Hallelujah. We yield to that wisdom. Friends, I hope you got something out of today. Praise the Lord. No more snoodling or (laughs) doinkin'. Hallelujah. All right. Praise the Lord. Hey, if we can pray for you, it would be our honor to do so. Uh, Several ways you can reach out to us with your prayer requests. You can call us, 870-741-9099. Leave a message. Somebody will get right back with you. Or send us an email at hello at gracecitychurch.tv. That's hello at gracecitychurch.tv. TV. Alrighty, friends, thank you so much for being here. It's been an honor to do uh, this episode with you. And come on, join us right back here again next Thursday. Until that time, my friends, be blessed.